Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 27th, and this is your FT News Briefing. The whistleblower complaint against Donald Trump is out, and now the White House is facing allegations of a cover-up. And it was a rough day for IPOs, as Peloton's first day on the public market disappoints and Hollywood talent agency owner Endeavor shelves its plan to list. Plus, the right-to-be-forgotten principle has given EU citizens control over their online presence since 2014. But as the FT's Marine Khan explains, a new court decision will change the boundaries of that protection. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. On Thursday, Congress published a whistleblower complaint. It detailed the circumstances around a July conversation where Donald Trump asked Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky to investigate potential election rival and former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. But the complaint also alleges that the White House used a classified storage system to hide a record of the conversation. The FT's Lauren Fedor is back to explain what the revelation means for the impeachment process. So this is a highly anticipated complaint, and it sets out in quite some detail what this whistleblower, who is a member of the U.S. intelligence community, was so concerned about. They say in the letter that they had an urgent concern, and it related to information that suggested that the president was using his power to solicit interference from a foreign country in next year's presidential election. And what we find out is that White House officials apparently flagged concerns with the phone call and elected to use a classified storage system to hide the verbatim transcript of the call. Effectively, this has amounted to allegations of a cover-up. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi actually came out and said as much, and it certainly fueled the fire of, of calls for impeachment proceedings to really kick off. So I was actually sitting in congressional hearing when this complaint came out, came out about 20 minutes before the House Intelligence Committee started questioning Joseph McGuire. McGuire is the acting director of national intelligence. He was an individual behind the decision not to share this complaint initially with Congress. Joseph McGuire insisted that he was not able to share it with Congress initially due to legal concerns. A lot of the discussion centered on his choice to go initially to White House counsel for advice about whether or not he could share the information within it. So, Lauren, where do things go from here? I mean, one thing I will say is that the House is supposed to be in recess for the next two weeks. And Adam Schiff said that his committee is going to continue to work through the recess. He called the whistleblower complaint a roadmap for their investigation. So we can expect that especially the committees that are involved in this impeachment inquiry, will continue to dig. The whistleblower complaint, it's important to note that none of the information in it is firsthand. The person who wrote the complaint was very clear that they were basing it on things that had been told to them by multiple White House officials. So it's safe to say that Democrats in the House will be pursuing those individuals and looking for more information in the days and weeks to come. Peloton got off to a sluggish start as a public company. The fitness equipment startup went into Thursday seeking a valuation of $8.2 billion and priced its shares at $29 apiece. But its first trade on the day was a full $2 lower. 
The shares closed at $25.76 each, or more than 11 percent below its issue price. Peloton's performance ranks it as one of the worst first-day performers on the public market in 2019. It joins Uber, Lyft, and Smile Direct Club, which also traded lower on their debuts. Smile Direct is now down almost 40 percent on its issue price earlier this month. And the bad news for the IPO markets doesn't end there. Endeavor Group shelved its plans to list on Thursday. The group is the parent company of Hollywood's biggest talent agency and owner of the Ultimate Fighting Championship franchise. It planned to price its shares Thursday evening, but a source told the FT it faced limited investor interest. Earlier in the day, Endeavor revealed that it had sharply scaled back the size of its IPO. The revised offering would have seen Endeavor raise as much as $465.8 million, according to an SEC filing. That's a third less than the amount it had sought earlier this month. And in such a busy week of news, here's a closer look at a story you might have missed. The EU's highest court made an important ruling earlier this week that dealt with Google and the right to be forgotten. Now, if you've forgotten what the right to be forgotten is, it's basically this. Since 2014, any citizen in the European Union's 28 member states could come to Google or any other search engine and say, please take down links and sensitive material on information that's irrelevant, excessive, or outdated. And on Tuesday, the European Court of Justice upheld the right to be forgotten, but on a condition. The FT's Marine Khan has more. Despite the fact that right to be forgotten has been around for about five years now, the territorial scope of how a search engine has to do its takedowns has never been formally clarified. We had that clarification when the European Court of Justice, which is the EU's highest court, ruled that if a EU citizen has a right to be forgotten order, that Google only has to comply with that within the legal jurisdiction of the EU. So that means only in the domain names of the EU's member states. So for example, in Google France, it'd be google.fr, that's the domain name in France, but it would not have to take it down across its global domains. So for example, if I am sitting in Brazil and I wanted to find some information about a person who may have had the right to be forgotten invoked in Europe, I will still be able to access that information sitting outside the EU. How are people reacting to the court's decision? So Google is very happy about the judgment because this is exactly what they wanted. So the initial case came about because the French Data Protection Authority demanded that Google did execute a right to be forgotten across its entire global domains. Google resisted this and then was fined by the French Data Protection Authority and then challenged that fine and therefore we ended up in court. So Google and Internet Freedom Activists have been pretty pleased. They think that having a global system whereby you can delist something anywhere across the world on the internet is a way of almost enforcing the EU's privacy standards outside of the EU. Google has been quite keen to stress that it could also leave the company in legal trouble because, for example, in the US you have the First Amendment, which protects the right to free speech, and the US doesn't have a right to be forgotten. So if Google was seen to be using EU standards in the way that it operates in its US domain, that might also leave Google open to legal challenges for people who argue that Google is trying to impinge free speech or it is engaged in censorship. On the other side are privacy activists who say that 
given that the internet is global and doesn't respect anyone's boundaries, it's very difficult for the right to be forgotten to be upheld when basically somebody outside the EU can still find out something about you which you would rather not have seen about you. And therefore there's sort of a fundamental clash between how the internet works but also how legal jurisdictions work and most courts can't actually enforce law beyond their legal territory. And that's something that the ECJ decided. They said very clearly that EU privacy protections don't have any weight outside the EU. So, Maureen, the fact that the right to be forgotten exists and is being challenged by big search engines like Google and Quartz, what does this say about people's perception about data privacy? Yeah, in general, this is one of a number of sort of big data privacy issues which are arising as more and more people become aware of how important data protection is to them and become a little bit more sensitive to how information about them stays on the internet for a very, very long time. And I think as you see more and more young people who've grown up with the internet almost as soon as they were able to you know read and write and do anything else that a lot of their life is on the internet and at some point that doesn't always represent them at the next stages of their life but it also shows the sort of tricky position that internet companies are in just because Europe is very extreme some might say or very purist about data protection the rest of the world isn't and I think maybe lastly there's a is a broader political angle where Google and others, specifically NGOs and civil liberties organisations, have argued that authoritarian governments could exploit the right to be forgotten principle by taking off inconvenient information from search results. And that will be quite a bad precedent to set to any government around the world. So they would rather that they didn't have to do universal blocking of search results around the world. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help this week from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.